covering the Orioles the only way we know how, as fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your dearly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. Did you see that UFO yesterday flying over the Key Bridge? No, was there? Yeah, there's video of a cigar-shaped, or to me it looked like a tic-tac-shaped uh, UFO above the key bridge, and then it shoots up into the sky, just like all those are other you, military videos. Are you serious? I'm done serious. I just retweeted a video about it a few minutes ago. Oh, because yeah. I listened to, because you sent me the link, and I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Where the pilot talks about that tic-tac shape. Yeah, uh, this was the same thing over the key bridge like yesterday. I tell you what, a lot of stuff is happening in the UFO community. Yeah, and the government's starting to talk about it. Yeah, so why, I'm going to have to reopen... My Facebook page, the CWBA, Christians Who Believe in Aliens, <laughs> yeah. uh, Facebook group. I'm going to need to reopen that up. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you intro our UFO expert? Yeah. Well, here's a guy. He was on the show last week because he had a one-show suspension for tweeting things about China. But he's back on the show today. Bert, the Danny one, Bert Rohde. Hey, Bert. What up, Coconuts? I'm back. I don't recall cheating anything about tweeting anything about China. And Come on. Bert had a tough... Bert had a tough week. You shouldn't be making fun of people after a tough week. What'd I do? I don't know, but that was LeBron's response after people getting on to him about tweeting in China. I assume <laughs> that's where Matt was going with the with the joke, but who knows? I'm just I'm just looking for Josh's tweet about the key bridge aliens. This is the first I'm hearing yeah. of it. Let's oh, pause the show. I should have sent this over on the I should have sent this over in the pre show stuff. Forget about bold predictions. We All got right. a UFO to look at. Uh, there was I, I saw a couple people. I saw the video this morning because it was on the Drudge Report when I looked on there. Um, let's see. Here's a photo of it, if you can see it, through Skype. Yeah, hey, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, just Google Google or go to Twitter. I was in broad daylight, huh? Baltimore UFO. Yeah, broad daylight right at the Key Bridge. Guy pulled over on the Key Bridge or before the Key Bridge in order to shoot the white sphere. 
Yeah. And if and so then it got me interested, and I typed in. I was trying to find more info about it, and I typed UFO Baltimore, and I found a news article from June saying that as of the middle of June, there had been 19 UFO sightings reported in Maryland. That's crazy. So. They need to go ahead and send over a, a UFO over to the Bay Bridge because I'll tell you what, they're doing construction on that thing right now, and it takes you five hours to get across that Bay Bridge. At least give me something to look at when I'm crossing <laughs> really? the Bay Bridge. I am I so – the Bay Bridge is like a hundred percent reason another a reason enough to move to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I want to move. Yeah, but uh, uh, but but Bert, you you uh, had a fun fun trip, or maybe I don't know. I'm assuming it was a fun trip. Maybe you had a disaster tri- trip, but you had a trip to the Niagara Falls. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't here last week to talk about that. Yeah, uh, we ventured uh, across uh, international borders. Stayed in Canada. Uh, Saw the beautiful Horseshoe Falls, the American Falls. Uh, we stayed at a hotel at the Sheraton right there on the Canada side so we could see the falls right from our window on the 18th floor. Uh, Canada's awesome. Crossing the border. We oh, did no, no. What makes Canada we, awesome if you're only like a mile in? I would be concerned that people would throw beer cans at you because that's my only experience with Canada. (laughs) Uh, I did see a lot of Blue Jays fans, a lot of Blue Jays gear. Like at every store, uh, you could buy Blue Jays gear. Um, Let's see. The the one of my favorite things about Canada is the Canadian the Canadian dollar. Everything in Canadian dollars costs more than American dollars with the currency exchange or whatever. So, like for instance. We went to dinner, and dinner on the Canada side for my family five ended up costing $115. But when I get my credit card statement, it was actually only $86 after the currency exchange. So, like, little stuff like that. I, I you, was, feel, I you, feel like you're getting, you feel like you're getting an American discount. Yeah, I was getting an American discount. I feel as get, I was getting a deal. I thought, oh, crap, this is a pricey dinner. But then when I check my credit card bill, once I get back into the States, I'm like, oh, this is uh, $35 less than what I thought I was paying. Heck, yeah. And, and like, you have to you pay to park for dessert. Pay to park everywhere. Parking, we went to the Butterfly Conservatory, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, and it cost $5 it to park. Awesome. It costs five dollars a park, but it really only costs three ninety five. <laughs> All right, that American discount. <laughs> uh, yeah, Butterfly Conservatory. We did that. You go in this big, like greenhouse room, and there's hundreds of butterflies, all different sizes, all different colors, and they come and they land on you, and they sit on your head or your shoulders, on your fingers. The butterflies are real cool. Um, is there a fear of like stepping on them? That that sounds dangerous. Uh, a little bit, yeah. You have to be careful. You have to be gentle. Step on the feet. Yeah, especially with children, because uh, you know that you stick your finger uh, out and they'll hop on your finger, and then you hold up your finger and look at the butterfly. That was that was cool. Is it you break uh, it? You buy it? <laughs> yeah, I, we did see a couple broken butterflies around, uh, but my family was very gentle. Uh, crossing the border. We, we went back and forth between New York and Canada a few times for the three days we were there. Um, crossing the border was a breeze. Uh, but it was interesting, if you've ever been up there before, on the American side, it's a national park. And it's, you know, history and uh, the 
the magnitude and the glory of Niagara Falls. But you go on the Canada side, it's like Guinness Museum of World Records, Wax Museum, <laughs> uh, the, the uh, zip lines, uh, real touristy, cheesy right. South stuff. Ocean City. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um, but it was it was cool. I, I had a blast. We had a good time. That's cool. All right, All so right. so so if you're if you're a white male, it's real easy to get across that border, back and forth as much as you want. No <laughs> no worries about that wall. You gotta have the uh, pass the passports for the adults and for my kids. I needed birth certificates for all three of them, but we never had any problems. And I kind of like talking to the border guards. They they were they'd ask friendly questions and stuff. <laughs> By the way, breaking news: Jalen Ramsey to the Rams, just like everyone predicted. Oh my! Wait, hold on. That was like that was like an hour ago, hour and a half ago. That's no breaking news. Twenty nine minutes ago. No, that was two firsts and a third. I like I was already texting Matt about that at seven something. All right. Well, this is the first I'm seeing of it. Plus, for uh, anyone who's listening, this comes out tomorrow morning. Raven fans <laughs> were all excited about Marcus Peters, and then we feel silly now that uh, the the real. King of the of the dance went to uh, went to the Rams and Jalen Ramsey. I like the deal. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I like that we didn't give up those first rounds. Yeah, Ken, I Kenny Young wasn't doing anything. Is, two first rounds is a bit much. Yep, bit much. Yep. But uh, um, breaking but news: episode, Nationals yeah. going to the World Series. Breaking news. <laughs> Unless something crazy happens in these next eight innings. Yeah, I'm calling it early. You know what this is? Time now for bold predictions. Oh, wow. Yeah, at least there will be one good playoff series. I think hopefully the Yankees-Houston series. Actually, hopefully it'll be done in five. Um, but uh, it should be a fun Houston Nationals World Series go Astros. Right, because Astros are up 2-1 in that series right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Cole won again. I think he's on like 19-0. Since like May, something insane. Right. But I mean, you got to admit, the Nationals pitching was outstanding. Those first two games to go like seven no-hit innings. Yeah, well, and when you get that start from from Sanchez, right, you're, you're not even talking about Strasburg or Scherzer. When you start off with Sanchez, he mm-hmm. throws a no-hitter into yep. the seventh inning. Like then you're done. You like you got to beat Sanchez if you're the Cardinals because Scherzer and uh, Strasburg are going to be a lot tougher than that. Right. And Flaherty is supposed to be like the best pitcher in baseball the second half of the season, um, and, and he hasn't pitched a while. So yeah, I didn't even um, know he moved Nationals. from utility to pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he's talented. Uh, but the Nationals, people saying all year they off to a bad start, but they, I mean, just their start rotation is ridiculous. Juan Soto is a great player. Uh, Anthony Rendon is one of the best players in baseball. They always had the talent. I'm just amazed that you can literally have no bullpen and make it to the World Series. That just kind of blows my mind. Um, also, later in the show, we can talk about this after bold prediction, but I got a few things to say about Daniel Hudson. The paternity leave guy? Yeah, I got a couple things to say about this. All right, I'm All right. interested. All right, let, let me get this off my chest, and then we'll do the bold predictions for the Orioles. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm of, a, I'm a, of a two minds with the Daniel Hudson thing. So I just want to make this reference about the story about – uh, Daniel Hudson, this whole story. I Googled his name right before the show, and the top article is ESPN about the wildest 48 hours of Washington Nationals pitcher. 
um, which is a, a cool story on Daniel Hudson. But the next three stories are are here. That here are the headlines of the three stories. MLB player faces criticism for skipping playoff game for daughter's birth. Next one. Nationals pitcher criticized for missing playoff game for daughter's birth. Next one. Daniel Hudson criticized for taking paternity leave during MLB playoffs. All of those articles, and it's from ABC News, Today.com, and People.com. All three of those articles talk about how he was criticized. And every single article in talking about how he was criticized, they all reference the same tweet. And just one tweet by this knucklehead um, named David Sampson, who tweeted... Uh, unreal that Daniel Hudson is on the paternity list and missing game one. And if you look at the uh, what we call on Twitter, uh, someone got ratioed, I right. believe is the reference. So David Sampson, um, the guy you're mentioning, is the former Marlins president. Yeah. Um, and so this is every single article cited how he's taking <laughs> Daniel Hudson is taking criticism. And then they cite this guy's tweet. He had 286 favorites and his comments back, right, were 4,887. 4,887 people saying, David Sampson, you're an idiot. Daniel Hudson had every right to be with his family for the birth of their child. Right. So the fact that every headline... retweets. Yeah. That's it. The fact that every headline, all three of those headlines at the top of the news said national pitchers criticized is just so blatantly wrong. <laughs> it blows my <laughs> mind, right? Because he wasn't <laughs> criticized. Overwhelmingly, people supported him. Now, with that said, so fake news, right, all over the place. Yes. So, with that said, um, Josh, Bert, you guys are both married with multiple kids. Uh, this was kid number three for Daniel Hudson. You yeah. guys both have um, three children. Right. Yep. How would you feel about missing the birth of the third child because you're playing in a, in a chance to go to the World Series. Playing? I, 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 I might miss it to watch the World Series. Yeah, if, you, if, if the Orioles were in it and I had a ticket. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh. Uh, and if I was making five and a half million dollars a year, I think my wife would understand. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, right, your entire career, outside of all the money you make, the one thing you really care about is the World Series. Yeah, I, I think um, I think her sister or mom or sister-in-law or someone can help out while I go pitch. Yeah, and that's Josh. You can say that on the podcast. Don't tweet it because you'll no. get support. No, I, 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 I've learned. Here, nobody's going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I've learned but, about my Twitter. Yeah, yeah. People on Twitter, like it's not there's there's no freedom of speech on Twitter as we learned this week in multiple ways. But my my thing with Daniel Hudson is. My favorite reporter, uh, or my favorite—he's um, not a reporter anymore. Now he's just a talking head. But is is Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser? Michael Wilbon is one of the last. He's like a dinosaur in that he's hardcore. Sports are as important as life. Like I remember, <laughs> he was on Twitter complaining that there was a tornado warning, like cut out a replay of some golf match he was watching and he was upset. Like who cares about the tornado? I'm trying to watch this replay of this golf match. Um, like he cares about sports more than he cares about life. And it makes me sad that people aren't, I feel like as hardcore about sports anymore. People care about family and people care about being nice to one another. And people care about like keeping everything in 
priorities and 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 being like reasonable um, and measured in their allegiances. I miss like the hardcore, crazy sports over life, sports over babies being born. Like I miss that. Well, it's bigger than that because baseball, the sport, is this guy's job. So we've all been in situations where we've had a super important meeting or time something that we had to do for work where we had to set families like had to kind of prioritize work over family. It happens once in a while. So I talked to my wife about this. I asked I asked Emily. Yeah. Now um I you know, I said Emily, I laid out the scenario for her. Right. Now here's a woman, here's a woman, Emily, who went with me to Tanzania, Africa for a year when she really didn't want to go just because she knew I wanted to go. And so she tagged along with me for a year living in a, 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 a hut, right? Living without running water, uh, without electricity, like living in the middle kind of of nowhere. And she did it gladly because she knew it was important to me. So I said, I said, hey, Emily, you know, if I was in the situation as a pitcher, this is really important to me. My whole career is built on going to the World Series. Would you you know, allow me to go. And I, I assumed, I 100% assumed Emily would say, yes, absolutely, I go for it. I'll, 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 you know, I got the sister, I got the mother, whatever. She said, if you did that, if you went to the game, I would probably resent you for it for the rest of my life, is what she said. And then we got into a little bit of an argument about it, uh, <laughs> to be frank. A little bit of argument about, about um, if it would be okay. And then... This, it, it broke down into this, and I didn't realize these statistics because she, you know, throwing a the the, like the the maternity like death rate, like the 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 death rate of a mother during childbirth. Oh, she's going higher, she's going dark with it. I know, it's higher than I thought it'd be. So that's what she said. She said, "Well, how would you feel if I was giving birth and I died?" Did you <laughs> I say, like, oh. "Do I get a ring?" Um, all right, but what it is for this picture is it is poor planning. We, Joe Flacco had like a hundred kids. He never missed a start because you have to. You time out. You you make sure that you have your babies born not in October. That's what it, we all it, did, just as fans. A pitcher should be it, doing that too. It, it, if uh, she's going to resent you for missing the birth of the child, then uh, you should resent having to share your five and a half million dollars that you earn with her. <laughs> that World Series bonus. <laughs> and last time I checked, even in the most extreme cases, a baseball game probably will only last four to four and a half hours. Yeah, but it's the out what, of town. What are the oh, he was going to be out of town. Oh, I, I don't know that. if he was going to be out of town. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think about that. And it's yeah. one of it's one of those situations where you go in. All right. So let's say he decides, all right, I'm going to go pitch this game and then I'll rush back to the hospital. At that game, he either pitches out of his mind He's just in the zone, or he is the complete opposite because he's so distracted about the baby in the hospital and his wife who might die. Yeah, that's it. Emily changed my mind because I'm not going to the baseball game, and she's going to have a baby and die. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. That's something you don't recover from. You might recover from missing game one of, of a ALC, a, 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 NLCS. You, you don't recover from your wife dying while you were out there playing baseball. And that's Emily said. And Emily keeps on saying this. It's like we're talking about playing a game of baseball, and it's kind of true. Hey, job. you know how many? Hey, you know. Um, uh, fun facts. Emily shared this with me. In the developed world, um, the U.S. by far has the worst uh, death rate uh, for women giving birth, and it's not even close. Okay. Do you know per one hundred thousand women, 
How many women died during childbirth per 100,000 women? I bet no. I bet more women die than men that go to the World Series. Exactly. Each year, I, I think the I think the odds exactly. are in the pitcher's favor. We what only said it? that. I would say like less than one person. It's it's 26. Isn't that pretty high? I guess, but I still like my odds. <laughs> you know, if you go to Finland, it's only three. So what, wait, so what was that? Twenty six and a thousand. A uh, hundred thousand. And a hundred thousand. All right, so you're talking like a quarter of a person out of every one hundred. Yeah, we're talking about dying during childbirth. <laughs> uh, Is that a yeah, risk you're willing to but, take? But how many of those? How many? I bet you it's higher odds of people who die in a car accident on the way to the hospital to give birth. And 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 we're worried we're worrying too much about the mom in this situation. We 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 need to dwell on the fact that this was this guy's third kid. Which by the third kid, yeah. who cares? <laughs> um, and and I don't know the details behind it, but is this the first daughter? You have two boys, and, and this is the first daughter, or like because my third child was our first and only son. If it was another girl, I definitely wouldn't have cared. And, <laughs> right. And my medicine's pretty, and doctors are pretty amazing right now. For the third kid, couldn't they have popped that out in the morning and gotten him over to the stadium? Yeah, you could, you could have scheduled it ahead of time, right? <laughs> All right whatever. I, I think if you brought your wives into this conversation, it'll be a much different conversation we're having right now. But all right, go ahead and yak this it is, up. This uh, is the wrong group of people to have this conversation because we're going to do nothing but offend people. I think my wife will be on my side. <laughs> Possibly serious, possibly joking comments. Yeah, I guarantee you, Josh. Both Mandy and Laura Bert would not take your side on this. Laura Bert. Uh, I think if I was making five and a half million dollars, Laura could get over it. Yep. I, I, I mean, you I, just I, give her one or I, two I, million, I, all good. Okay. I, I don't think showing up for the birth of the child is in any way connected to money. But fine, guys. If, if your wives can be bought with a million dollars, that's your wives, okay? But not it's, mine. There's, a, there's so many factors. It's the money. It's the third child. <laughs> really right. It's a girl. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get I'm to our bold nobody listens to this show. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness for that. Let's get to our bold predictions. Let's talk Orioles baseball. Time now for Bold Predictions. So at the very beginning of the season, yep. like we do every single year, we sit down and we say stupid things and we call them bold predictions about the Orioles' upcoming season. Yeah, I think this was on March 29th, I think it was. March it was 30th, a little weird. Like there was like already three games played. It was like we did it after. Right. We did it. It was the first Sunday. First right. weekend, yeah. Right. So this was we did it during Birdland uh, Radio, our evening spot. So uh, you want to just get started with some clips? Yeah, go ahead and clip and play, and play right. these. Let's, see um, how we... let's start out with Matt, who makes the first prediction of the evening. But my bold prediction, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that the Orioles would have more stolen bases than home runs at the end of the season. As a team, the Orioles will have more stolen bases as a team than home runs as a team. Got anything to say about that, Matt? Stolen bases versus home runs? Yeah, I do. I got a couple things to say about have this. You, have you looked up the answers? Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have to share them on the air. Okay. But the, uh, it, 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 did, it did not come true. It was not even close. But I, I want to say this. The, um, I was not anticipating the juice balls. Okay? Oh, if juice I balls. Known about the, if I would have known about the, the – because ju- juice balls, 
does not help you steal bases. All right. Oh, you know what? Before you get to the juice balls, you you on the same prediction, I just noticed you did a little tip in. You tried to add a little more juice to it. But in the long run, I think Joey Rickard is going to steal more bases than home runs hit for Joey Rickard. Now, that may be true. I haven't looked that up. You may have been right yeah, on that know, one. I mean, the Orioles had, what, 84 stolen bases um, and home runs. I think they, they ended up with, hold on, let me pull it up. Home runs, they had two, 213. So Joey 213. Rickard had three stolen bases. No, he had, okay. he had four stolen bases and three home runs. Okay. Because awesome. he got so a stolen got base Rickard. when he went over to the Giants. Joey Rickard ended up on the Giants, too? <laughs> yeah, Joey Rickard listed as a right fielder for the Giants. I didn't even know that. That's where all our players go. Um, so, yeah, I was way off. 213 home runs, 84 stolen bases. I was uh, a, a little bit off. Uh, but who would have known Renato Nunez would have gone off with all those dongs? I blame Renato Nunez and right. the juice balls. Well, your your prediction was not nearly as bad as mine. I'm going to stick with Chris <laughs> Davis. Um, I think uh-oh. Chris Davis turns it around and hits uh, 25 home runs this season. We all know he was nowhere near 25, and he did not turn anything around. Yeah, he didn't even get to half. I've got no excuses. Uh, how about Burt? We will have one pitcher on this entire staff with more than 10 wins. That's it. One. I don't know. I'm not going to say who. I don't know who it's going to be, but there will be. That's a tough one. There man. will be only one. All right, Bert. You know how many pitchers had more than ten? One. One. John Means. You got it right. First prediction right is Bert. And when I, I said when I said we wouldn't know who it, I couldn't say who it is because I had never even heard of John Means when I was <laughs> that. So you really, you really couldn't. No. Uh, so um, Cashner, you you go. Yeah. What you, about Cashner? I was going to Cashner. Boston and Cashner got nine wins with the Orioles, eleven total. Ah, so combined. Doesn't so, count. So combined, but he, you did start with the Orioles will have one pitcher. So I'm yes. giving it to you. Giving Thank you me. that win. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't even know what this one is, says Matt. My, my bold prediction is that Drew Jackson, um, utility fielder, <laughs> will play all nine positions this year. <laughs> I was a little uh, bit off on this. Drew Jackson... Only last like a month for the Orioles, right? Yep. So if that, maybe yeah. if he would, yeah, maybe he would have stayed with the Orioles. Uh, but no, he was he he was traded um, and then spent most of the season in AAA for 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 the Dodgers. So that was a lose. Yeah, I and I forgot who Drew Jackson was until I pulled that audio. <laughs> All right, he Dylan Bundy. A, you got to stuff to add? All right, Dylan Bundy. Yeah. Ends up in the bullpen. Okay. Is my prediction. All right, so I predicted Dylan Bundy would have a bad year, end up in the bullpen. Again, just like you and the juiced balls you didn't see coming, I did not see coming the fact that the Orioles had no one for starting pitching, so there's no way they could ever move him to the pen. Someone had to throw the ball. It's true. All right, Bert. Uh, But I I think you could have saw that coming. I probably could have saw that coming, yeah. All right, Bert, you are uh, so far 1-0. You're the Sweet. only one to get one of these right. Let's see if you get another. Brady Anderson is MIA all season. Oh, you don't never see him. Oh. You don't hear his name. You don't get a quote. I love a Brady. You don't Anderson see his picture. Like that. MIA. He's out of the locker room, yeah. right? All right. I think we got to give that one to Bert. 
Heck yeah, I'm killing it. He was definitely MIA the entire season and then gone. Uh, yeah, now he's really MIA. MIA. Yep. And even when he left, like we didn't get a single quote from Brady Anderson. He's just gone. Yeah, yeah. just MIA. Exactly how Burt yeah. caught it. Maybe he's looking for a podcast to go on and, and tell his side of the story. We'll give you all the time you need, Brady. Right. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get to some some mid-season predictions. This season, um, there's a lot of players being talked about being traded, right? Like Alex Cobb, mm-hmm. D- Dylan Bundy, Michael Givens, Jonathan VR, Trey Mancini, Mark Trumba. My bold prediction is the Orioles will only trade one player from the Major League roster this year. Just one, they'll one only player. trade one player. All right, Matt. I was pretty spot on that, that one. I believe you got Cashner, that one. Cashner, right? I yeah. Cashner was the only, only trade. One. Yeah. Only guy off the roster, yep. And that was a big it, deal. Uh, not counting Drew Jackson. Well, technically, trade I think. stuff, right? Like, Drew Jackson was returned to his original team, oh, and yeah. he was a Rule 5 guy. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. All right. Um, how about some All-Star game? All-Star that's game, it? That, the Orioles it. representative will be Villar, Jonathan Villar. So I got that wrong. Yeah, but that's a good call. He had a good year. I thought that, yeah, I thought that was the average. Uh, Burt jumped in, though, on my All-Star. He wanted to get on the, in the All-Star game as well. I'm going to say the bold part of it is going to be there will be two representatives from the Orioles. Oh, oh two. I don't know which two. name names? No, no name names. I should have quit while I was ahead. Yeah, you got you got a little excited saying that there would be two guys. It was very bold, though. That was probably the boldest thing out of anything so far. The, if you listen to yeah. if you listen to Bert's predictions, just wait till what the person in front of him says. Like when Josh says something about Dylan Bunny starting pitcher, then Bert will jump in with the ten game starting pitcher thing. Josh <laughs> mentions All Star. Bert will jump in about All Star thing. This I'm is a evidence that, that Bert does no preparation except for literally makes it up. Right before, right while Josh right. is talking, but that and just up, <laughs> that's true. Except somehow he pulled out, out. Except somehow he pulled out that Brady Anderson prediction all on his own. Yeah, I'm that, yeah, that was his best good. prediction out of all of them. Yeah. It's almost like I had inside information. All right, um, but no, there was John Means was our lone all star, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to hear some win predictions, win loss predictions? Oh, score total. Oh, score who, total. Who got closest. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, and what was the Orioles' final win total? Was it 54 wins, uh, 108 losses? 54 yep. and 108. All yes. right, let's see what we all said. So I'm going to say we're going to be worse this year because our team looks worse. So I'm going to say we're going to win 45 games and lose 117. All right, Matt, you were nine under. They exceeded my expectations. Matt, Matt, Manager Hyde did an awesome job this year. <laughs> What the heck? I, I'll go optimistic. I'll say uh, I'm going to go with 60. They hit the six the six zero number this year, okay. based on what I saw this weekend. All right. Oh, because we we took two or three from the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, we had a good opening <laughs> weekend. You got a little excited. <laughs> All right. So you uh you were plus six. So it depends if that might be closer than Matt, unless you're doing uh prices right rules. No, right. no. I, I was. He's nine. I'm six. All right. Well, I, I mean, he's six. I'm nine. I think I beat all you guys. 52 and 110. Second, oh, wow. second to worst. Oh, there you go. Josh got it. 
Yeah, it's just too off, Josh. Too off. And I said we would be second worst, as in we'd get the second uh, draft spot. And I believe that's what we ended up with. Well, yeah, yeah you, you cut it off before you said the team that would be second worst. I didn't say too. the team or I would have left it in the recording. No, you did, Josh, because I listened to the podcast. Oh, did I? I See, yeah. I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I skipped through to try to find the – who did okay. I say? Marlon? I listened to the whole podcast because I know you will um, the whole podcast? clips and twist my words. and all Selective right. audio right. clips. To make you look good and me look bad. What did no, I you say? Said the Royals would have the worst record, uh, not the Tigers. Oh, you that's not a bad. That's not a bad prediction. Yeah, well, well, it's not a bad close. prediction, but it was wrong. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, those are the those are the predictions I found and brought in from uh, skimming through the episode today. Very good. So I think uh, Bert won that. I got the win total. I won that, but Bert got those two predictions with John Means and Brady Anderson. Sweet. What do I win? Uh, now it's time to make the predictions for next year. You get to go first. <laughs> you uh, know, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> both predictions are way easier when like there's excitement behind the team. Yeah. And when it's more like this team's going to do awesome things. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, this was a weird year because there were so many pieces we didn't know, right? Like, we didn't know Hansa Alberto would be, a, would be a significant member of this team. We didn't know that John Means would be our best pitcher. Like, in that respect, like, how often do you have, you know, two of the best players on your team, when the season starts, you have no idea who they are. Like, that right. doesn't happen very often, only when you're in a team going through this rebuild. Right. So both predictions were, were extra, extra tough. Um, and, and, and looking, it's all always 2020 right like when you look back at it like it was dumb of me to predict that we have more stolen bases but I, <laughs> I just i just couldn't see where the home runs would come from and i saw our team with adam mitch richie martin who's super fast and drew jackson was fast and joey rickard is fast now oh, and, a lot of those guys didn't stand and cedric mullins was fast oh, and villar. a lot of those guys didn't stay on the team right you know how many stolen bases villar had oh he must have had like over 30 right he had 40 yeah, 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 forty. So, but then the problem is, then the then it's R- Ricky Martin at ten, and then it's single digits. Everyone. Yeah. So it's it's just yeah. So it, it then it's a bunch of random guys who didn't really stick around on the team. So yeah, if you had a bunch of Villars, sure you could have outdone home runs. Villar had more stolen bases than home well, runs. Sure. Yeah, and, and and the other thing I thought, I thought that, and maybe this was true if you compare. Um, this year to last year. But I, I just thought that manager Hyde, given that we had like nothing to lose, I just thought he was going to be a lot more aggressive with, with how he used this, you know, the players. Because, like, I don't know. I just thought he was going to be super aggressive with, with, with running the bases because if we can't beat them, like, fair and square, we got to take kind of every advantage to compete. And so I thought one of the ways we would do that is through stealing bases. And I feel like we stole more than normal oh uh, sure when's the last time we had a 40 stolen base guy sure yeah yeah and and 80, 80, 80, 84 as a team um usually I, like we're we had the reputation for being like dead last so and i feel like in that first series like they got a few stolen bases i think trey mancini even stole a base so we were kind of excited okay maybe trey's going to do some of this too and then that was the only one he got all season yeah, like if you go back to 2017, two years ago, pre-Jonathan Br, 
Um, we had 32 stolen bases last as base. a total team. Yeah, <laughs> 32 as a team in 2017, um, and so yeah, but but still not super aggressive. Like we're still lower half of the league in stolen bases last year. So I thought that was a little bit surprising. I thought there'd be more stolen bases. Yeah, I guess and we were. Kind I guess of, not the lower. We were we uh, we were at number eleven, so around the halfway point. Yeah, I mean, I guess again, just like not predicting Juice Paul, we didn't think this team was going to be hitting home runs. That, that we, this team, in order to do anything, we thought this team would have to do small ball. Right. And they didn't really play much small ball like we thought. So, I don't know. It's tough. It'll be just as tough next year, going into the season. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I think next year we have a better idea of of more permanent roles of who will be playing where and our expectations. Like, like we'll know something about John Means. We'll also have a clearer idea of what our starting rotation will look like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be be easier and and more known quantities. Um, and and next year's exciting, right? Because there's also rookies are coming, prospects are coming. Both pitching prospects and Ryan Mountcastle, they're coming next yeah. year. We'll see them next year. So okay. I think just I'm excited. I'm not, like I said this. I said this before. The 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 last game of the Orioles season this year, and I was already excited and looking forward to next year because this is I think the worst we'll ever be. And so we'll remember. Like don't forget 108 losses because I think it only goes up from here. Like next year, everything goes right. We get a hundred losses, and then from there, you know, we get better and better every year. But this is the worst we'll ever be. I certainly hope so, at least. I I hope so too. Hey, um, another kind of news thing I wanted to get to with the Orioles is um, the MLB trade rumors comes out with this list every year, and they recently came out with the projected arbitration numbers. For all the players. Um, and the Orioles actually have not a lot. Like some teams have as many as like 12 arbitration players. The Brewers, for example, they're the worst or they have the most. They have 16 arbitration players, uh, which is you know, a lot of money. Um, the Orioles just have seven. BR, Givens, Bundy, Alberto, Castro, Blyer, Mancini. These are all guys that will get that are still under contract, but you know they get the arbitration pay, um, so they get a nice big raise. The one that stands out on this list is Jonathan VR, because he's on his last year of arbitration, which means he's making the most money he'll ever make before going to free agency. He had to make ten point four million dollars is his projected total. Guy, the Orioles justify paying a guy ten point four million dollars. When you're not even trying to win, or is this like Jonathan VR, you got to go situation, either trade or cut? Because why would you pay someone ten million dollars when you're not even trying to win? Uh, to trade them, I think. Yeah. I think it's your route. You trade them, and because the Orioles can afford to pay them. I mean, ten million's nothing when you're paying, but when you're really not paying anything. But it's he's not a guy worth giving ten million to when you're not trying to win. Like he's. He's worth ten million dollars. He's not worth being whatever it is twenty percent of your payroll. If that makes sense. Do you, so you would you assume he's traded this offseason even before the season starts? I would assume they trade him. 
I mean, I could see you're saying wait until he, he heats up again, but I mean, he had an outstanding yeah. year, so I would think I, trade him now. How come they didn't trade him at the um, trade at the trade deadline last year? Uh, because you could only trade the certain people. There were only certain teams shopping. Where now there's about thirty teams shopping. If you wait till the off season, there's, um, there's okay. You know, any team. It's not just the teams that are in pursuit of the playoffs that are looking for a second baseman. There, right now, you've got teams that think they have a shot next year looking for a second baseman, and the the pool is a whole lot wider. I guess. Um, I guess. I mean, he had a really good year. If I'm another baseball team, I want BR on my team, but I, I just don't really get it. Right? The Brewers traded him and prospects for Jonathan Scope. Like they just dumped him on us, and I think we've tried to trade him since we've gotten him, <laughs> and we haven't found a suitor who wants Jonathan BR. So, and now he's going to make 10.4 million dollars. I mean, that's the type of price tag that people get cut at. I mean, we thought we saw that happen with Jonathan VR last year, right? Because the Brewers didn't did did not want to pay around that same amount for Jonathan VR. I mean, for and, Jonathan Scope, so they cut him. So, I mean, I don't know how many suitors there'll be who wants to take on that salary for Jonathan VR. And it could but be that we'll type see. of thing. It could be that type of thing where they try to shop him around. If they can't, if there's no interest, they just cut him. That could happen. But you, yeah, but you can't do that, right? Because here's a guy like you said, Josh, had 40 stolen bases, one of your best players. Uh-huh. And I know it's, he's just he just has one year left on his now deal, is, but yeah. you don't cut one of your best players for nothing, right? How does arbitration work? If he's cut, can another team sign him under ten, or does it have to be ten no matter what? Is it arbitration I mean, across the league? No, yeah. The second he's cut, he's a free agent, and he can so, sign for whatever. Okay, so he, you can cut him, and then another team can sign him for seven or eight. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know. I oh I, I I riot I I I we start burning Michael Elias jerseys. Well, wouldn't, are... wouldn't you rather the Orioles take that ten million and invest it in Trey Mancini or something? Josh, like, you're right. Is Villar paying, the face of this team? They're paying for no one. Right. They're not paying anybody. Yeah, I know. They're, pay, they're paying Chris Davis and Alex Cobb. <laughs> like, right. Like that's <laughs> two guys in a contract. So and they're not contributing. Yeah. So you can pay a guy who's actually one of your best players. So you pay him. And then just try to trade them. Yeah, if, or, if you don't trade them in the offseason, maybe you get the chance in July again. Or, like, you let him play out the whole year, and he's, and he's a good player for you. And then at the end of the season, you decide if you want to, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You still got to play the you still gotta play the 162 games. Yeah. You need something to cheer for. Yeah. And, like, you're, and I, I assume that manager Hyde is going to try to compete next year, right? Like I assume the manager Hyde is like wants to win as many games as, yeah, as, he, it's, as he can next year. Sure, it's the same argument as the Dolphins. For people to think, oh well, the Dolphins went for two on Sunday because they didn't. They wanted to make sure they didn't win that game, and it's like, no, they went for two because they're trying to win that game. No matter what the front office is doing as far as tanking and rebuilding, the guys on the team, the guys playing the game, the manager coaching wants to win every single game. It doesn't matter what the office says; they still try to win. Yeah, and I would argue, like, what's Michael Elias trying to do? He's not trying to tank, necessarily. He's trying to acquire talent. So I don't know, like, from Michael Elias' perspective, what would he gain from cutting a talented player just because his contract runs out to the end of the year? Like, he doesn't gain anything from that. Well, he'd gain $10 now, million. If you trade dollars. him, 
Right, but it's but I don't think like he's gone. That money will be reinvested in somewhere else in the organization. I think and, you have enough money in other areas of the organization. It just goes what in the Peter Angelo, in Peter Angelos's pocket. Right, and I don't think Mike Elias is in the business of making Peter Angelos, you know, saving him every dime he can. Right, and the that Orioles, make sense. the Orioles saved a lot of money this past year. It's going to be very interesting to see again. We had these discussions last year, but even more this year on how they market the team going into next season and how they how they present the team. And so I could see Valari either way. I could see Cottenham. I understand because uh, why invest a lot of money in, when you're not winning? But I also see you got to put a field on the team. You got to field a team. You got to try something. And if yeah, he's a good clubhouse wrong. guy, that helps. And maybe I'm wrong, but I see a difference in signing someone for $10 million to play second base as opposed to keeping the guy that's already under contract and giving him $10 million, a guy who's already under contract, to play out his contract with the Orioles. Like, that's different to me than I right. could see if the Orioles are not going to go out and, pen, and spend $10 million for a shortstop. Hmm. But at the same time, if a guy's already under contract, yeah, the, the pain, why would you cut? The paying the arbitration number is also... Uh, showing the guy you appreciate what he's done for the for the team in previous years. Yeah, and like I said, who knows? Maybe at the end of the season, you sign him to a two or three year deal, and and, and you keep him on the team. Who knows? I can't foresee a situation where uh, we miss out on a free agent or a contract extension, and we look back and say, "Shoot, if only we didn't give Jonathan VR that ten million dollars, then we could have signed so and so." Yeah, like that's not going to happen. So that's just, not where we're at. Yeah. 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 I don't see any harm in giving the guy the arbitration funds. And and then, uh, you know, if it turns into a valuable trade chip at some point, it's better for it. And we don't have any pros- middle infield prospects that are being hurt by Villar being up, right? He's not right. holding anyone back. No. In fact, you would have to probably sign a free agent to someone to play second base. Yes. If if you. Or another rule have, five. So yeah. Yeah, or get a, a real five guy. So um, before we get out of here, um, I, I wanted to get um, Josh and Bert, I want to get your guys' take. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot on the Kemi Cusick show, film study. Uh, Bert, your reaction to the Ravens since we last talked have gone 2-0, and beating the Steelers, beating the Bengals, now have a, a nice two-game lead on the division. Uh, Bert, you must be feeling pretty good about your Ravens, right? Uh, yeah, actually, I, and funny, I'm glad you brought this up because I wasn't on last week. We were driving back from Niagara Falls, so I didn't get to watch the Raven Steelers game, and I couldn't get it on my phone. But we were uh, in Pennsylvania mm. within the Steelers radio broadcast just as it went to overtime. So I got to listen to the Steelers radio broadcast of uh, Marlon Humphrey punching the the fumble loose from Juju Schuster Smith. Um, so that was fun to hear because they completely they got the wind knocked out of them. They were so distraught. Yeah. And and then when Tucker kicks the game winning field goal in overtime, they exuberantly said, "No good, no good." Oh wait, no, it is good. <laughs> well, Game's well, yeah. over. <laughs> that was a scary kick. It looked like it, it was, was going yeah. out and kind of curved in. Is yeah. this a deal where, because um, uh, he had one go off the pole and in last week. Right. Do you think Justin this Tucker, is, is he getting, yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Okay. Is Justin Tucker getting bored and now just trying to have some fun by <laughs> making it look close? <laughs> I don't, as long as it goes through, I don't care what he does. <laughs> um, so uh, to go back to your question, though, 
Yeah, yeah so I feel good about the two wins because we lose to the Browns. That was horrible. But there were three consecutive divisional games. You took two out of three. I'll take it. The Browns have lost two straight since they beat us. So I'll take that too. Um, I I would have liked to see some bigger stompings as far as the scoreboard goes. But the offense is putting up the numbers. The offense is looking really good. They might not be putting up, you know, 50 points. But they're putting up the points. They're putting up the yardage. Lamar Jackson looks spectacular still. Um I feel real good. These are two games we should have won, and we we took care of the wins. I'm a little concerned about some of these tougher opponents we got coming up, though. Uh, Seattle this week. Then we got the bye, but then you got the Patriots. You got the 49ers. Um, so uh, we're, we, we got ourselves in a pretty good position with a two-game lead in our division, but I want to see us beat some good teams. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't um... – I'm concerned about these teams because they're more difficult teams than we've played all season. But the Bengals played the Seahawks really tight. Like, I think it was only a one- or two-point game when they played. the Browns, yeah. Yeah, and the Browns played them tight this past week. And uh, so I'm excited to see what the Ravens can do. I think think not having Marquise Brown on Sunday uh, really affected the Ravens and made them kind of do things differently. I think that's why we saw – Jackson run the ball a whole lot more. Also, the fact that the Bengals were horrible at stopping the rush. Yeah, that um, was like a throwback game, like to last year for yeah, Lamar Jackson. Totally was. Yeah. And that, that ten minute, ten minute time of possession in the fourth quarter. Right. And that doesn't bother me. Great. In fact, I'm not even worried about Jackson running the ball. All these people afraid of Jackson getting hurt by running. I could care less right now because I we're seeing record number of pocket quarterbacks go down hurt this year. And, and these guys aren't out and running, and they're getting hurt. So if Lamar can run, he's got the same chance of getting hurt, whether he's out there in the field or in the pocket, based on this year's stats, in my well, opinion. Some would argue that he has a greater chance in the pocket because you see people get hit in the pocket, and they're vulnerable. They yeah. don't see it coming, or they're in the middle of a throw, where he's a runner, and so he can protect himself better as True. a runner. So I think there's, in some ways, less chance of injury with like that. Right. I mean, it's just crazy the amount of injuries we've seen with quarterbacks this year. So I'm not concerned about Lamar getting hurt because he's running. If he gets hurt, it's because he's a quarterback, and quarterbacks are going down throughout the league. Um, I do think that in order to beat the Seahawks this Sunday, we need Marquise Brown back. I don't think we have any wide receivers that can, uh, can open up that deep ball. And I think if you can open up that deep ball, that really pulls people away from – the line and gives Jackson the ability to scramble even more and that under throw to Mark Andrews and the tight ends. So I really hope Marquise, if Marquise Brown's back, I think we've got a shot of squeaking this one out. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I like where we're at. I think the Bengals is a great win. I think we could have put up more points if we didn't decide to like run the ball all the time and take like a 10 minute drive. Like I think we could have scored more points. The only time the Bengals scored, scored against us, the touchdown was the opening kickoff. And then we were in the stupid prevent defense at the right. end of the game. And then, um, yeah, yeah. And then I'm concerned. I am concerned about our pass rush and putting pressure on the quarterback. But we did a good job of putting pressure on Dalton, but didn't really get the sacks. So, yeah. so that'll and, and, be something to see. And so here's my thing: if you look at the best teams in NFL right now, I know everyone says like the league's all about offense. But if you look at the best teams in the league, teams like the Saints. Uh, teams like the 49ers, like the Seahawks, like the Patriots, all of them are playing great defense. I think that this season will come down to, 
I think Lamar Jackson will be fine. I think our offense will be good. Um, it's 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 can, 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 can our defense be not the best in the NFL, but but can, but can they be better than average? And if we can have a better than average defense, I, I think we could make a run here. But if our defense does not t- turn around, and we'll see what P, P, uh, Marcus Peters coming to the secondary does. Um, but you're right, it doesn't solve the pass rush problem. And, right. Um, so I think it's all going to be about our defense. And I like this trade. I am. I would bet money that the Ravens will bring someone in to address the pass rush in the next three weeks because you've got this – it's almost like you've got this window where not only is your like finances down because Lamar Jackson's so cheap, but the fact that Pittsburgh is struggling, that the Bengals are horrible, that Cleveland is not who we thought they were. Like you've got this window to win the division. Yeah, and if you zoom out a little bit too, I mean the – um, the Chiefs have lost two games in a row at home. The Patriots, Josh, I know you're not a big believer in the Patriots. No, I'm not. But a lot of people have commented that Tom Brady does not look great. And he is older. They're relying heavily on their defense and running game. So, like, even if you if you say the conference, like this, like maybe you th- th- this is the chance for the Ravens to take a shot at the at the conference. Right, and the Patriots' schedule is similar to the Ravens' as in. It's easier on the front side. And it's interesting to see how an older guy like Tom Brady, who's already struggling a little bit, how's he going to do after 10 games? How's he going to do in the second half of the season being older? What can yeah. his body, uh, what can that, uh, what's his, I, I forgot, I've blanked on his doctor's name, but what can they do with him to get him through all 16 games? Some avocado ice cream or something, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's exciting uh, what the Ravens are doing. And, like, uh, we always say, at least they're fun to watch right now. Oh, yeah. They are. Their defense is frustrating to watch at times, but their offense is fun to watch. Lamar Jackson is like must-watch TV. And I, yes. And I love our secondary. Bringing in this guy, like our secondary was – it's crazy because our secondary was really deep, but um, injury after injuries injury after have injury. killed it. And the Raven, I still – I really like the Ravens' secondary right now. Especially when you bring once uh, Jimmy Smith Jimmy comes Smith back. comes back to have yeah. him and this uh, this guy in and Mark Peters yeah and uh, yeah I'm blanking on everyone everyone's name Earl Thomas Brandon in Carr. there Brandon Humphreys and Humphreys is having oh, nobody's yeah. nobody's really praising Humphrey Humphreys is having a career year he he's he's he has emerged as what a top five the only time DB in the league right he got he got beat on a missed tackle a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, you're not hearing his name except for when he's punching balls out. And he's covering their best receiver, right? Right. And that's on yeah. lockdown mode. Yeah, like you think of like he was on Beckham and Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham was shut down that game. Yeah, and Schuster had that one big play, but then Humphrey made up for it when he uh, yeah. punched that ball out. Right, yeah. exactly. And that Schuster play, he was right there. He just missed the tackle because he went for the punch, and it didn't work. But second time, he got it. Yeah. Um, I think we got some uh, spoiled spoiled in the opening game or games uh, with with Thomas out there in the secondary position making some big plays. I want to see him make some more big plays. And I think we will. I'm still waiting for that to happen. I feel like he's getting to know our defense and and things are starting to click. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so hopefully, and again, I think this is going to be the story of the season. The second half of the season, when we play tougher teams, is our defense up to the challenge? They they moved the green dot this week to Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark's the guy who 
you know, has the green dot means he's got the headset where he can, the coaches talk to him and then he relays everything to the guys on the field. And this right. past Sunday was the first time that he has worn the green dot this season, and that seemed to be working really well and really helped. He did a really good job of getting uh, plays out to the defenders. Yeah, everyone talks how smart he is. So, all right, I guess so. There you go. Yeah. All right, guys, we touched it all today. Ravens, Orioles. UFOs. UFOs. Canada. Maternity leave and paternity leave. <laughs> Touch it all. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. Check us out on all those usual platforms, all those social media platforms. Tell somebody. Spread the word. Yes, tell somebody about UFOs, and then while you're talking to them about UFOs over the Key Bridge, you can mention our podcast section 336 where you heard about the UFO. No, I don't want that to make it sound like we do UFO talk. Though. All right. Never mind. Well, then, all right, then when you tell your friend to, ki- to skip the birth of his next child, say that you heard about it on Section 336. Yeah. Is that where you want to go? Say, like, we also warned you that the mother may die. So we warned you about that, too. So we're covering our bases. Uh, I've got so many options written down right now as uh, show titles, but I think mother may die might have just taken the top. <laughs> yeah, check us out uh, on Twitter. Follow me at Section 336. You can follow Bert. At Bert Rohde. Follow Josh. At Josh Taroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens.